When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome back to, unfortunately, the final installment of Kind of Funny's Planet of the Apes in Review. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by, it's Christmas in February, Joey Noel. Hello. The producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Top of the morning to you. The Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Welcome in, everybody. And the number one through seven best video game website, GameSpot.com's very own, Tamar Hussein. Hello, everyone. Let's get emotional. Let's get emotional. Let's talk about it all. Of course, we are doing Kind of Funnies in Review. This is our show. Each and every week, we get together to rank, review, and recap different movie franchises. Uh, we have been doing the the quote-unquote Matt Reeves trilogy to lead into Matt Reeves the Batman that we'll be doing next week as part of our Batman in Review. And then a little tease for the week after that, we're going to return to the Pixar Review Universe for Turning Red, uh, which is a movie about periods. And I didn't know that until I read an uh, uh, interview with the directors. They're like, it's unabashedly about adolescence and puberty. And I'm like, huh. oh, okay. Huh. okay. There's okay. so many you meant like time periods. <laughs> no, no, no. I thought you meant gr- grammatical. Mm-mm. Of course, you can get the show on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com. You can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny in review. And we'll be right there for you. If you wanted to get the show live as it's being recorded, if you want to get the show ad free, you got to go to <laughs> patreon.com slash kind of funny. Uh, just like our Patreon producers, Gordon McGuire, Molecule, James Davis, and Pranksy have done. We appreciate you all so very, very much. Today, we're brought to you by Purple Mattress and DoorDash, but I'll tell you about that later because I'm really excited to talk about War for the Planet of the Apes. It had a runtime of two hours and 20 minutes. Pretty getting up there. Getting real up there. Uh, Released on July 14th, 2017. Once again, directed by Matt Reeves. Uh, Music by the legend Michael Giacchino. And goddamn, did he bring it in this one. Like, I thought last week's was pretty good. This week, I'm like, oh, damn. He knew he had to really do something special with this. Uh, Budget of $150 million, which is surprisingly $20 million less than the last movie, which Mm -hmm. shocks me for how amazing this looks. Uh, Box office of $490.7 million, which unfortunately is less than the $710 million the prequel got but still was respectable and everyone was really happy about it and a fourth movie has been greenlit but that was a couple years ago and there hasn't really been too many updates since so we'll we'll have to wait and see once again it was nominated for best visual effects at the 90th academy awards but once again did not win it was beat out by blade runner 2049 it's like oh you hate to see it but if something's gonna beat it i'm okay with that (laughs) yeah i'm okay with that exactly Joey Noel, I want to start with you. What did you think about this? Before we started this, Tamor just sprinkled in a little thing. It was like, got real emotional. I haven't cried this hard in a movie in a very long time. My notes for it, 
at the end, not like through the whole thing, but it was just in all caps. Yo, why am I crying with like 17 question marks? I, I was just thinking back to the beginning when Tim asked me if I wanted to do this and I said yes. And like, as the days led up to the first episode, I was like, did I make a mistake? I don't want to do this. I, this is the most surprised I've been by an interview series in ever, maybe probably in a very long time, maybe since Cobra Kai, the two different echelons of surprise. <laughs> um, but man, the the entire trilogy is just so good how they got me to care so deeply for this character. Uh, that started as this little tiny baby ape. Monkey? Ape. Uh, at the Don't beginning. Do yourself, Chimpanzee. Chimpanzee. <laughs> Don't do it. Um, I was Marsupial? really, really... <laughs> right? Exactly. Gorillas? Where do they all play? Yeah. play? Um, really impressed by Andy Serkis in this one. Like, I feel like this is one where we actually get, like, his performance um and i thought he was excellent woody harrelson is like an unhinged uh villain so good guys we need to talk about steve zahn in this movie great yes <laughs> so good bad monkey amazing so good my favorite like he was on screen for maybe five seconds before i was mm -hmm. like this is my favorite character give me a <laughs> spinoff i just need this character but also so tonally different and such a weird placement in this movie i had a great time this i think is one of like my favorite in review movies that we've ever watched dick scarpino let's go to you um first off i think i would be remiss if i didn't if i didn't call out the fact that tim gettys is a professional ladies and gentlemen halfway through his intro his mic fell down he caught it with one hand didn't stop talking put it right back where it needed to be like he's bruce buffer to ufc fight then just came down and he was like there I'm was still champion. <laughs> there was a look in his eyes which was like vaguely like fuck not this again. Yeah. Well, 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 the biggest problem was it yeah. fell on my keyboard and it caught I heard like the window sounds go like bloop 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 but I'm like I don't yeah. the hell oh, just no. happened. What has been activated? <laughs> that was I just want to give you a shout out for that. That Thank was you. very Thank graceful you. and uh you're a professional and I appreciate that. Uh I like this movie a lot. It's funny though. So when we first started this, Tim, this was the movie I was most forward, looking forward to you seeing because I remember this being the best in out of all three of them. Having just watched um, Dawn and War back to back, I got to say, this one was a little bit lacking for me um, in, in, in a few different facets. Like, I think I missed the sense of, like, the, the tension that was drawn in the last one because there was hope. In this one, you sort of start off, you're like, there's no hope for this. There's like, uh, the humans that are left are these savages and there's a war happening between them. And very quickly, you're like, this is not going to go well for anyone. And I think that that's, this one was way more of a war movie, but even even the soundtrack of it is very much like the Dirty Dozen, where you've got like the the more militant like marching band sound. Um, obviously, Woody Harrelson is doing his best Kurtz from Apocalypse Now. Um, all of that, all that stuff kind of works, but I miss the sort of dynamic back and forth between the characters from the last one, and I kind of found myself getting a little bit distracted because there was it was just so much more of a straightforward story. Um, but I do, you know, I do think that Andy Serkis did a great job. I think Caesar in this one obviously is like the as as a heroic character is every bit as, as heroic as he was in the prior ones. Um, and Steve Zahn, at first, I was like, oh my god, I hate this character, and then it clicked who the voice was and i was like 180 degree flip <laughs> i love this character so much give him his own movie why are, is it why is everyone out there being cowards um so i think it's still a really really good movie but i'll be very curious to see where we rank it tam 
Yeah. First of all, I want to bring to attention something that I have um, completely unrelated. It's like I've got basically what I've realized is base is holy water for Nick. I know Nick is a massive Diet Coke fan. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. got this, which is Diet no. Pepsi, oh. de decaffeinated, oh. no caffeine Diet Pepsi. Oh. <laughs> this Here. is. Do you want me to pour you some of my the rest of my jug of <laughs> oh coffee? Oh my god. <laughs> This was I, full this morning. I, I, I recently realized that I've developed an intolerance to caffeine. Yeah. So, is, is your stomach starting to turn? Because the other day yeah. I had my fourth coffee of the day, my fourth minty iced coffee, and I was driving and my stomach went like this. Nope. And it nodded up on me. I was yeah. like, get to the that, exit. My stomach, my bladder, my heart, everything is just Are like, you wearing a Taco uh, Bell shirt? I'm wearing I'm wearing the Demolition Man. Yes, that is incredible. That's perfect. Yeah. perfect. Nick, I don't uh, think that's an intolerance to caffeine. Like <laughs> if you drink four venti's. That's that's just the diuretic quality of caffeine that's doing its job. Yeah. That's a natural reaction to that amount. <laughs> that's of caffeine. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you're not wrong. Now that, now that I've derailed the conversation, let's get it back. Um, I thought this movie was incredible. Like, I feel like it's a very different kind of feel from the previous two movies. It feels very, like, harder edged and very depressing at times. It feels like a gr- a grittier version than anything else that we've had before. And I think it's exceptional. And I think that the highs are only possible because of what it is. There are moments that. I definitely like brought me to tears and there are like connections between characters that I feel like um, are only possible because everything else is so dire, so bleak and so like the outlook is not great for a lot of people. And I think the only way that these extreme personalities, whether that's um, uh, what's it called? Winter or uh, Caesar or um, Woody Harrison's character can exist is if it is re- if the world and the of the universe of the movie has reached a stage, mm-hmm. and I think they pull it off exceptionally well. Like you get some truly heartwarming moments, and you get some real, real like oh, I just want to see you die so badly moments, and then you also get unexpectedly like a lot of comic relief that's what bad ape is there for and is so good i think it's got bad ape has one of my favorite prop gags in the history of movies and like the (laughs) delivery of it i've seen this movie a few times and when it happened i was like laughing my ass off still Um, what uh what do you talk about in particular uh the binoculars yeah when he has them upside down oh no why so small (laughs) it turns around and then maurice is like you Kennedy <laughs> turns it. it around. <laughs> yeah, but there's one I'd, part I'd, I'd where, where he falls down. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. Yeah, <laughs> that that was uh, Zahn actually falling in his performance <laughs> uh, thing, and they're like, "Oh, we should just keep this because like it yeah. just it feels real." Uh, really right. One of my like, one so of my fun. one of my other favorite moments with Bad Ape is when he sticks his head up through the, the hole. out of the hole and just <laughs> looks at everyone for a few seconds, and then puts his head back down and raises his hand to shake the other ape's hand. Like just incredible. Yeah, yeah, I love this film. I think it's fantastic. Andy, uh, I came into this movie kind of on the opposite of Nick, where I. Always remember this trilogy. I remember loving the trilogy. I remember part two being the strongest for me and part three being like great movie, just not as good as two. Um, And in a lot of ways, I still feel that way. But God damn, I started this movie really late last night, expecting just to watch an hour and then watch the rest of it today. And 
30 minutes in, I'm like, I'm here for the long haul. This mm-hmm. movie, the, the, I think the tone is what is probably my favorite thing about the movie. The tone, the characters, the uh, Michael Giacchino just, I meant, I, I wish I was here for last week's review um, because Michael Giacchino has such an, an 80s, 90s approach to the, this trilogy where the music is, uh, music nowadays in a lot of these action movies just feels very secondary. It's always background, just noise, and it's just kind of, it's meant to just evoke a mood in a way that it's something you can ignore as if it's almost not there. But there, it's such a character in this movie. Uh, the, that intro sequence when they're kind of sneaking around and you hear, it's like, it's very, very uh, tense kind of low resonant instruments and you hear like the like some weird kind of trill like a flute or some instrument happens and it, it reminds me of like the way predator or aliens or uh really any 90s action movie would have a score that is kind of like more over the top than what you yeah. were expecting it to be mm-hmm. um i absolutely loved it i thought it was fantastic but again yeah those emotional moments I'm so glad it wasn't Maurice. I don't know if I would have been able to handle myself. <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. But yeah, even it, like we, <laughs> I don't know what it is about a moment that doesn't have that much buildup, but still the flower being put on <sighs> the ear is like, God, this is so heartbreaking. And it's not like we've had three seasons with these characters. Mm-hmm. This is something that just fucking happened. <laughs> and it's still performed so well. And goddamn, I, I still can't believe that all of this is CG. Like, so many of these close-ups of these apes are just gorgeous. And all of the tiny, small, nuanced performances. This movie rules. Uh, this whole trilogy is one of my all-time favorites. Me too, man. And I, I've been hyped up for this thing for a decade at this point. And I feel like it only got progressively more and more hyped as things went on. And I... I would have never believed – I knew I was going to enjoy them. I would have never believed I'd be coming out here where I'm like, where are we going to rank this? I don't know because I don't think I've ever been more torn between two and three where I'm just like, they are equal, equally 10 out of 10s to me. I fucking love them, and I love how different they are. Like I almost feel like in so many ways they're not even – comparable because of how much of a success and an achievement each one is on its own like each iteration in this entire trilogy does what it is trying to do so well and to look at the first one and then to get to this third one and having the second in the middle and all three of them kind of holding up in a way that like even like the original trilogy of star wars you kind of look at and there's like the key moments you talk about but there are problems with return of the jedi whatever this doesn't have that this just kind of like feels like it fully earned its vision so that when this one opens up with the 20th century fox theme and it's like the like ape version of it and there's like bongos and shit i'm like i'm a sucker and i'm gonna love that stuff no matter what but they earned that shit so it made it feel even better and then the opening title screen of like showing the the rise and the dawn and then it turning to war immediately i'm like Ooh, i don't know like i don't know if they've earned that and they immediately cool. proved me wrong with that scene <laughs> where that opening scene of war went so much further than i expected them to go uh where the last movie we had the insanely beautiful and sad scene of their home being like burned down and like seeing these apes with the fire behind them was like a spectacle for them to open with 
this movie with just this all out war scene that I was like, well, that's already more escalated than I expected to get towards the end. There was a moment where I'm like, there's just no more higher they can go. What are they going to do? And then helicopters come in and things start going fucking right. off the rails. And they have like six moments that Caesar could have died and it would have been a super epic, perfect moment. And they just, they keep not doing it. And I'm just tense the entire time where I'm like, if you fucking hurt Maurice, I swear <laughs> to God. But they like do the perfect thing of like making us invested in so many characters and, and plot moments that when we get the waterfall scene, and it is so unnerving and tense for like five to seven minutes of just like Andy's talking about like these bizarre instrument choices that like put you on the edge of your seat. There's like apes working with the humans and you're like, oh, my God, those are like Koba loyalists. Like all of this is just so ridiculously so ingrained dope. and so much cooler than it, it, it could have been. And you're in these like dark ca like caverns and like you're not really sure like who's on whose side there's like a couple like flips going on with like winter and all that stuff I'm like damn i'm so in on this but seeing the green laser sights come through the water i was like oh no i know who's in there and this is not gonna end well i did not expect him to just straight up murk his wife and kid like that yeah, though like it was tough. just such a so early on in the movie that i was like i need a moment to like breathe and rest and they don't give you it they just two hours and 20 minutes of just playing with your goddamn emotions and it feels like war the entire time i am absolutely blown away with what matt reeves did i love seeing the shot of in the cavern like the the machine gun going off and the flare kind of lighting oh, up and you see they put around a light oh that's the bad man scene we're about yeah. to see that next week um <laughs> so it was it. really kind of fun having those little moments but uh, i really just i can't put into words how impressed i am with all this stuff like this this trilogy is going to go down as an all-timer for me and like these last two movies in particular are some of the best we've ever done on the show. But before we get into the plot, it's a little early. So I'm going to actually let Nick get into the plot now. Pull the trigger really early on that one for War of the Planet of the Apes. Just in case you didn't feel like watching Rise and Dawn. Well, we've got some Cliff's notes for you to catch up on. Uh, I don't like this i i think it's a little i think it's a little dated when you go back and watch this title treatment of it where it just sort of, sort of sits there but hey what are you gonna do minor criticism uh because you're about to get into it man gary oldman's distress signal was picked up by a ruthless special forces colonel named colonel mccullough we'll just call him the colonel from now on or big old wood harrelson uh and his hardened <laughs> battalion was dispatched to exterminate the ape caesar and his people evaded capture for the last two years and are rumored to be marshalling the, the fight from a hidden command base in the woods as the the war rages on. Andy, how do you feel about somebody rumored to be marshalling the fight from a hidden command base? That just sounds so badass. <laughs> it's so rad. That's so Star it's Wars. It's so badass. Uh, it's both up. badass, but also a massive security risk. Like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> if, you, if, you, uh, if you just like get that base, it's a, it's a wrap for whatever marshal is going on. <laughs> Uh, a group of soldiers with uh, annoyingly obvious things on the back of their helmets uh, uh, stalk through the forest. Didn't like this part either. Didn't I? Don't. I, for some reason, I was like the first couple minutes of this with the helmets on the back, where it's like monkey see, monkey do, or whatever the heck the, the sayings were. I was like, everyone wrote that on the back of their helmet. That's everyone wrote it. And obviously, that's like a. Eh, it doesn't matter. We'll move on to that. But I, I, I know. Back to I, other I war know movies. what you just didn't. It was kind of obvious. I know what you're saying, Nick. It reminds me of in video games when people are fighting like zombies and it's like mm -hmm. a post-apocalypse thing and there's always graffiti in the wall that's like the dead aren't allowed here and it's always yeah. like really cheesy sayings yeah. having to do with those zombies. like that's what it kind of reminded me of like uh, 
Like, I wish one guy, like, I wish we'd gone through the helmets and, like, one guy had it written on there. But if everyone had it written on there, I was like, did you guys hang out together and, yeah. write, like, take a second to write these? Was it like, yeah. a party going on? I don't know. It kind of just was weird. I guess maybe I only reckon, or I only noticed one of them having it. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention. At three. least, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it felt like a lot. Yeah. It well, it's also kind of like... The- Go for it, I was gonna say that also kind of like universally paints all these people as bad eggs, like immediately, right? Because the stuff they're saying is like, because right now we are sympathetic to the apes. So when you see these lot like with phrases that like are oh, love to kill apes or whatever right. on their back of their <laughs> thing, you're like, and they all have it. You're like, okay, these are clearly not good dudes. Yeah, because like, you, and I think they need to do that because as people were inclined to try and relate to the humans in a, to a degree. So making it very overt is probably an intentional thing. And I, and I guarantee it was, and, I, and that was one of the the first things that kind of made me take a step back the second time watching this movie. Cause I was like, Oh, well, you're just telling me these people are bad. So yeah. I, I, and one of the things I loved so much, I mean, the thing I loved so much about the last movie, there was, there wasn't bad guys. I mean, Koba, you could say was the bad guy, but even him, you understand where he's coming from. And actually after watching this movie, you understand a lot more because I think the thing that is fascinating about this movie is the central conflict in, uh, you know, actually not even the central conflict, but like the, the subtle conflict in Caesar where he keeps seeing the ghost of Koba and he realizes on some level, Koba was right. Like they should have just killed all the humans back in the day. Because it's led to this more slaughter, more war. And I now understand the rage. I understand the yeah. anger he had. And I understand that I'm actually a lot more like him than I thought I was, which really is like cool that's, that's the what crazy revelation. I love it. And I love in a movie where the central character is a CG ape, they give us not one, but two haunting visions of this fucking enemy that is a specter in in Caesar's life that it's haunting him. He can't get over it. I think that's so incredibly cool. I also anyway. didn't realize that it was the actor that it was. When I looked at the voice actor for Koba, I was like, oh, it's that dude. The dude who was in that one Black Mirror episode with the eyeballs where every, it captures all your memories and you can re, re, rewind back to like old things you've seen and stuff it's that actor oh, that's cool uh they're stalking through the forest they come across a group, uh, they come across a group of apes but it turns out a couple of the gorillas are helping them what the deuce these are the first of the coba loyalists that we're seeing they call them donkeys as a, as a pejorative term uh they're basically uh working as slave labor for these uh for these soldiers and we'll see more of them later they ambush the apes and start the slaughter one century uh, one century rides back to warn the rest of the group and the soldiers continue their assault on the ape stronghold and then the cavalry rides in uh, and it's fast and the counterattack ensues as red uh, as red it was one of the donkeys watches in horror as what is being done to his people i um, clapped so many times watching this movie like obnoxiously of just like let's fucking go like when i when they start running out the horses in the beginning i'm like yeah you fuck them up man uh preacher calls back to colonel mccullough and says uh but it's too late he's he's the last man standing and is easily taken uh as he's being taken the colonel orders him to quote kill as many as you can and that's uh, where i was like oh there's old wood there's big there wood <laughs> let me tell you one thing right now man i don't remember the first time we see him in this movie i, di- I didn't remember that from my viewing but man when we get to that part yeah what a fucking awesome shot of him i mean i didn't the- know it was him Mm-hmm. until it was clear it was him because when we see him in the waterfall and he has like the face paint on like i didn't realize that was woody harrelson and i guess i wasn't familiar enough with his voice on the radio like i uh, until we really clearly see it's the colonel i'm like oh shit it's woody harrelson they got gary oldman and woody harrelson come on yeah, so badass 
Caesar surveys the damage. Maurice tells him 63 of his apes have died. Uh, Preacher tells Caesar a whole bunch of info that he probably shouldn't, but about the colonel. Uh, Caesar tells him he didn't start this war. Coba did, and he's uh, dead thanks to Caesar. The ape donkeys were loyal to Coba, and we fear him. Uh, and It's really him. during this whole sequence, this whole sort of interrogation scene. Not really interrogation, but everybody, you know, they're it's not like they're waterboarding them or some shit. But like, I it's this whole the tone and vibe of all of this is like, I am so into this, and this is so believable, and the animation is great, and these apes look like they're there, and I just I love the idea of like now Caesar's just talking. Now mm-hmm. he's just like, who the fuck sent you? Like what? What's going? Like it, all of this yeah. is just set up so perfectly. <laughs> Um, let's see. Uh, we get a little dynamic here where uh, Red tells me human is he's like, listen, this colonel is super powerful. He's going to kill them all. Uh, and then Winter takes Red outside. He said, I think, uh, by the way, I don't know if there's a piece of trivia here you have or not, but I think the actor that plays Red is the same actor that played Buck in the first film. Mm. But I could be wrong. He's he came back to play another one of these apes, which is weird. Or maybe he was the actor. Maybe the actor that I'm sorry. Maybe the actor that plays Red is the actor that killed Buck. I'll look it up later. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to believe anymore. Yeah, and uh, he was Chief John Hamill in Rise of Planet of the Apes, but I'm not good enough to remember. I think he's was. the guy on the gun that shot Buck and then comes back to play. Oh, got it. Okay, so he was a human. So in he Rise transformed into in an ape one. over the and then he's sequels. an ape in this one. But yeah. I can't remember. Joey, can you look up that's... which AP plays in this one because it might be the one that gets the flower right here. Now that I'm thinking, he plays red. He's red in this one. Yeah. There you go, yeah. So, interesting note. Uh, let's see. Uh, Maurice wonders if they'll... Uh, let's see. Uh, Caesar sends off the three people, and Maurice wonders uh, if they'll deliver the message, and Caesar tells him they are the message. Uh, basically, this colonel needs to know that we are merciful. Uh, the apes bury their dead in the river. Uh, Maurice so consoles Caesar. No one could have seen how much darkness was in Coba, he says. An alarm has sounded. Two apes approach on horseback. It's Rocket and Blue. Uh, blue eyes, they have returned. Uh, they return back to the ape city under the waterfall, and we meet little baby Cornelius. Uh, I love that eyes. they've been out on this sort of, like, scouting trip. Yeah. yeah. It's really uh, cool. It's a couple of, of, couple of dudes monkeying around out there in the wild, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I mean, th- again, like this movie just, it had me so quickly. But this scene of them coming back from this scouting mission, and I'm like, and it's our boys. Like, we Rocket's been with us since day one. We got mm-hmm. this, the kid. Like, this is just so fucking cool. Like, I thought I'd be over the hype of seeing these apes on horses by now. I'm just not. <laughs> you're never gonna go over it it's too cool it's an x-wing flying in the sky mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. <laughs> um blue eyes has a lady friend named lake uh, later that night rocket and blue eyes tell them they found a place where they can all start over way beyond the the forest and the desert winter tells them uh the console they need to leave he's like we should get out of here immediately tonight uh but blue eyes is like we, that's not gonna be possible but there's so many of us we got a plan first uh as the apes sleep caesar spots some, something strange in the waterfall uh, he reaches out and grabs it and realizes it's a, it's a human repel line soon green lasers break through the darkness of the caves uh luca comes to warn caesar that a six-man patrol is approaching caesar wakes the team rocket takes out one of the soldiers but uh but overheard that colonel mccullough himself is there caesar rushes back to the waterfall to discover the colonel has already slaughtered his wife and son and this is where we get that incredible shot of woody harrelson as he turns around and he just looks fucking menacing as all hell mm. and then he gets pulled out of the water and caesar jumps up and grabs it and he cuts the line below him and i'm like oh he's being pulled out by a helicopter no he's being pulled out by nothing there's just a, a rope that's going up into nothingness <laughs> presumably there's a tank or maybe like five other dudes on the other hand that are like really working hard 
on the other side of her. <laughs> just repelled. I, I, I do love that one because I'd largely forgotten a lot of what happened in this movie in terms of just moment to moment things. But I, I love Woody Harrelson radioing in King Kong is down. King Kong is dead. Yeah. And then you go and oh, no, Caesar's not dead. Who did he kill? Like, that's such a, a cool revelatory moment. And it sucks. And it's super sad. But it's what the needed it's what the movie needed in order for Caesar to kind of get to that level. And it, mm-hmm. it's just so it's shocking. And it's quite a bummer. It's quite a bummer. Yeah. Uh, Luca thinks that it was winter that betrayed them. And they start searching for Cornelius and find little dude hiding. The next day, the apes uh, prepare to leave their home. Caesar asks Lake to look after Cornelius. He has to go pay a visit to the colonel and take the heat off the apes and buy them some time to get out of the woods. But Luca, Maurice, and Rocket have seen bad boys, Tim. They are firm subscribers <laughs> to the mantra, ride together, die together, bad apes for life. This was fuck, the first yes. fuck yes Great moment. Job, yeah. <laughs> this so. moment, oh my gosh, just this moment of him being like, I got to go do this by myself. I yeah. I may not come back alive, and then Maurice being like, "That's why we're coming with you." So you yeah. make sure that we you do come back alive. Like, oh god, I love this crew, man. <laughs> Dude, and it's fuck? so it's so good. And without jumping too far ahead here, I just really love how Matt Reeves and the team decided to split the characters up and like having like all the characters we love the most be together, but then have them be responsible for many, many others. And to have that situation of them getting captured and when they choose to to leave Caesar and all that stuff, I just thought they did a really good job of always pacing keeping me it. interested in, in the pacing and, and where everyone was, mm. where I'm constantly thinking like, okay, who can save them at this point? And it, it, it just was really satisfying. Uh, as they continue their journey, they come across an abandoned campsite and search the area, and they find one soldier holding a thicket of uh, wood. The guy unfortunately draws on them, and Caesar puts a shotgun blast into his chest. Uh, they look over and see the man has an Alpha Omega tattoo, similar to one of the other soldiers who had one of those like uh, branding tattoos. Uh, and then they find a human girl under the covers in a bunk. Maurice uh, gives her a little doll, uh, but she has trouble speaking. And Maurice tries to put her at ease. He tells Caesar she can't speak. Something's wrong with her. And he sees, uh, I, I assume this is not her father, right? I, I assume Because she was. gets over his death very quickly, if that is. Yeah. I, I assumed it was, yeah. Really? I, I thought it was. And, and maybe she I mean, just like, sees how much of a piece of shit her dad is. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I feel like kids kids know when their dads are, or their parents are a bit shady. Do they? <laughs> I, don't well, know, I, do I, I don't know if this seven-year-old would know that her dad was like, I don't know if she'd grasp what was happening to her. But like, being a piece of shit is not usually like one directional. It's usually hits like a multitude of aspects mm. of your life. <laughs> so that could also be possible here. Where it, he was in, also like a piece of shit to her. Well, in my brain, he was just another random soldier that was like, afflicted with it and had to leave but then that doesn't make sense either because he could still speak which was weird. I, I don't know either way, was, she gets over her dad's death very easily i was hoping um that he wasn't gonna be this sort of uh soldier militia dude that ended up drawing on them i was excited to see how they would interact with a human that wasn't a bad human who was just like i'm just gonna put these down you mm-hmm. guys can go do whatever y'all need to do like i was i was wanting that interaction as opposed to just shooty shoot again and and uh, another person dying i was hoping to see how they would handle that um but shit you got when you draw arms nick i will draw a leg a joke. yeah that's good that's a joke right that's a good job <laughs> <laughs> i love that they're all immediately like making me question things where they introduce this girl and you're just like 
is she turning into the apes? Like, what is happening here? And like, mm-hmm. I just love how they, they, this is the first kind of bit we get of like the, the flu is affecting people even, or not flu, mm-hmm. but whatever it is. Uh, yeah. Virus, flu, virus, simian yeah. flu, whatever it was. Uh, it is affecting people even that were immune. And like that idea is so scary, especially I'm, nowadays. I never picked up on that until we see the first kind of people shot dead. Mm-hmm. Um, they I have just, assumed, oh, tell you I just because... assumed, oh, she's mute. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like she's just, she's a mute girl. That's, they're going to use like maybe sign language. I don't know how this, that's going to play into the story. And then not until we see when they get to that sort of snowy clearing and the three dead bodies are on the ground and the guy can't talk. I was like, oh, oh what the fuck mm-hmm. is happening here? Yeah. It's really cool. Uh, of course, so Maurice sick. says we have to take her with us. And Caesar's like, we can't take her with us. Not where we're going. And Maurice says, well, I'm not going to leave. I can't leave her behind. And so they cut, and she is riding on the back. And I love that Maurice, like Caesar's, like Maurice is like clearly the low key leader of this group. Like I'm <laughs> yeah. listening to what he has to say. He's like the moral leader of this group. Yeah, it was know, just like, the it. statement of like, "Hey, we can't take her with us." Like I get what you're saying. I can't leave her here alone. <laughs> like, okay. all right, fuck it. <laughs> Do what you want. This is I not you, worth fighting. I, yeah. It's just like I hear you and I understand, but how about if we do take her? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they bring her with, and this is the this is a great shot. This is the shot of them like riding out, and this is the first time we hear that really like that that score we're talking about, right? Where it's just that nasty like we're about to ride into a a prison break like army heist movie kind of thing, uh, and it's cool. It sets a nice little vibe. They come across the soldiers' I, camp real quick. I I love the scene. I'm right there with you. Like seeing them like on the the, the beach, just like everything about it's just so gorgeous. And I'm like taken aback constantly in this movie of like how believable like all the characters are. We're just fucking here for it. But I was a little bit lost on the the apes need to leave. Like they were trying to get away from the the army people that were like after them, but like mm-hmm. them looking for a new oasis or whatever. It's like I I didn't really it wasn't clear to me like what they needed because it wasn't like oh there's like they're running out of food or winter's coming and it's fucking them up. Like I just thought it was a little bit weird that the only reason that they had to leave was to get away from the military people, but then they would also say things like oasis. It just like that to me, even by the end, I don't think it was that clear. I think maybe we just needed the visual uh comparisons to the old movies because by the end of it like i think something about the end of the movie watching these apes kind of in that environment looked a lot like the older movies um and maybe that's all they were going for but i'm kind of with you there tim like they if they had ever mentioned a shortening of resources and we need to go over here because that place is going to have all of this other stuff for us to do and that's got drinkable water i would have understood that a bit more but i'm 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 right there with you i feel like just throw that in there and I'm okay. Just like give me a couple of lines and I'll totally like, yeah, of course they got to go. They need, they got more caterpillars over there or whatever. Ape, you know. <laughs> the main source of protein for an ape, generally the caterpillar population yeah. which is huge mm-hmm. and huge caterpillar population in the desert. Uh, no, no. <laughs> um, I just read that as they just needed to get, they were just found out like the forest was just a hotbed of soldier activities. They just yeah. needed to go somewhere else that where they couldn't be found. Which doesn't make a lot of sense to me because I don't know how well they could survive. Not a lot with... of natural cover. Yeah, not a lot, a lot of coverage. Also, well, they're trying they to get do... through the desert. The desert was just like, yo, they, we need to get oh, through need... the desert to get into the other thing. Yeah, that's the 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 risk that we're running is like we're going to be exposed yeah. to the desert. Mm, okay, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't do that. I thought that I thought that final place where they come across the lake was like there where they were going to set up camp. But yeah, but that wasn't a desert. That was like yeah, that was be that was Colorado. Like kind of... 
Yeah. Mountains. Yeah. Right? It was like deserty. I don't know. They came it's out. It's desert yeah, for sure. I don't know. Whatever. It's an arid they also They also, spoilers, they also get from Muir Woods to Lake Tahoe in about one hour on horseback. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, whatever. This is a fictional piece of, of, uh, of movie. Uh, anyway, let's see. They come across the soldiers' camp and spot Winter. Winter tells them this, the colonel split, but uh, he's going to meet up with a bunch of soldiers that are coming down from the north, and they're going to come down and destroy everything. Winter sold them out for a chance to live, and he asks forgiveness. And then two guards interrupt, and Caesar accidentally, or maybe on purpose, chokes his fucking ass to fucking death. Fucking crazy. I was not yeah. expecting that. Yeah. I I thought that, like, hey, we'll just wait until these soldiers go away. And, mm-hmm. and god damn, that was, like, that was well, kind of shocking. Yeah. I don't think I, I don't think Caesar was expecting it either, right? That's like, why it's so there's a look on his sad. face where he's like, "Oh, oh, I killed it." Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, for sure, Tim. That's I think that's why it was really shocking to me. But I also want to shout out to I don't know who the actor was for Winner, um, but that moment of uh, let's see, Alex Paunovic, um, that moment of the nuance in that performance when he says, "They killed my wife and my son." And he has this look of like, oh, no, I did. This is way worse than I could have ever thought it was Mm going to be. Like, there was such a guilt in that look and in that animation. And that I think that makes me feel even worse for him eventually getting choked to death. Like, it's really sad. That part really, like, kind of fucked me up. (laughs) And he was, like, branded, like, on his eyebrow, too, with the the Alpha Alpha Omega sign. Yeah, I think think it really, I think if it messes me up as well, because... I don't know. I, I always thought there was like a path back to retribution for Winter. Like, Me too. It seemed like it was like desperation that got him to do that. And there's a moment where he's like, he looks like he's sorry about it. And oh, in yeah. a different, in a different world, like he would join the crew, and he'd yeah, be, um, he'd he'd obviously give away their position every single time because he's a fucking giant white ape. <laughs> like, yeah, giant uh, yeah. But like, uh, yeah, there's that's the thing that really was heartbreaking. It was like. If you had had a conversation, it could have been different. Yeah, because they, they, I mean, they, I think they just do a great job of kind of building that up. And they show, uh, had Winter just been an asshole the whole time, we'd feel less bad. But Winter mm. showed fear. Winter was worried about, about, it, about his safety. So, like, it mm. makes sense why he would do that, because he was fucking terrified, you know? Like, I, if it was just him being a dickhead the whole time, we wouldn't really care that he got choked out to death. <laughs> Good point. Um... Let's see, where are we? Caesar has a nightmare that night of Koba. He wakes up the next morning uh, to the soldiers moving out. Uh, and then they, uh, the soldiers driving on the beach, they follow them a little too closely for my comfort. I'm like, what if any of these soldiers just look in the, the rear view mirror? the same way. Uh, <laughs> I was like, uh, I think there's some horses following us. <laughs> Literally 20 feet back. They're 20 feet away from us. Just like driving and just like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> What's in the rear view mirror? <laughs> hey, uh, hey. Andy, do you see? Do you see <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's three apes on a horseback with a little girl. <laughs> a big I'd love, I'd love it because the comedy cut would be like it would show them looking, and then it would cut back, but there's no apes on the end. They're like on the side, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, Whew. "Oh man!" Uh, as they get up to the snow, shots ring out, and Caesar and the gang go to investigate. They come across the bodies of three soldiers who have been shot through the heart. One of them is still alive, and Caesar asks why they shot him, but the man can't speak. He uh, can only grunt just like a little girl. Caesar orders Luca to take the girl away so he can put the man out of his misery. Uh, she waits for the apes as they survey the surroundings up on one of those big high, like uh, radar poles or satellite poles, uh, and finds uh, to find the troops while a human sneaks up and steals one of their horses. They chase him down to an icy this hotel. Is, 
the only shot of it that's actually it's Steve's on just straight up in the winter coat. Oh, really? It's the only shot of him in the movie that he doesn't have performance gear on or anything. It's actually him. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, they Imagine find him like asking him. to be flown out for that and be like, like, I mean, you can get anybody to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Does it have to be me? Are you kidding me? You're Steve Zahn. You're like, you know how great uh, that thing you do was when I got to be in that movie? Oh, I'll be in any movie. movie. What a kidding fucking me? movie. Was Saving great. Silverman, man. Come on. He, I remember seeing him and I'm like, Steve Zahn just needs to have, he needs to be in everything. He's he really a, does. A delightful, delightfully charming presence in every film that he's in. thousand percent. My favorite part of that thing you do is when he goes, breath, <sighs> good, okay, and then grabs, like, the basil <laughs> off the table and eats it. Um, I, I think, you know what? I'm going to say this right now. Say it, Andy. I, 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 I wish you'd say it. Thank you, Nick. I will. <laughs> the, uh, uh, what, what's his face? Ted Lasso actor? Um, uh, Jason Sudeikis. Jason I think Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis. I think the guy that plays Andy in The Office. John I think Krasinski? all those. I think all no. those characters. I think all those actors. I think they came for... Steve Zahn stuff. I think they wow. came for his stuff. Yeah. Like Steve Zahn okay. was supposed to be that actor. Steve mm. Zahn would have been all of these roles. And I think he was ahead of his time. And yeah. then all these other mm. actors come along, they take his stuff. Take his stuff. Take all his stuff. I want to see a movie that's Shay Wiggum brothers with Steve Zahn. Shay Wiggum. Oh, that dude. That he's that dude. That dude, yeah. yeah, that dude who's like just, always that dude in movies, always taking yeah. his stuff in that dude movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, taking people's stuff. Yeah. Like, I just want to see this man and Steve Zahn related to each other in a feature film. Yeah, they could be. They, they it's a great call right there. Great Thank call. Almost like a Michael, little Michael Douglas in there too. He has yeah, throw he... him in. Why not? Maybe <laughs> be their older brother. Uh... Before we move on, he could be their older brother. <laughs> Let me tell you about our sponsors. Your to-do list is absolutely bonkers between those meetings, errands, chores, and making sure you get some you time too. So make sure you get a little time to yourself with some help from DoorDash. DoorDash brings you what you want to eat right now, right to your door. Desperately craving late night snacks? Or have you forgot one key ingredient for dinner? Or maybe you just want to stock up for the week? Well, DoorDash has it all in one app. How do I know so much about DoorDash? Well, I'm Greg Miller, and I use DoorDash way too much. Uh, if you were watching the Kind of Funny podcast, when we were talking about a whole bunch of different stuff, Nick mentioned the ice cream place you really like, and I said, where is there one around me? And I said, yes, there is, and I ordered from it, and I had it on the post show. I was eating ice cream on the post show, giving you a review of the ice cream, all because of DoorDash. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code KINDAFUNNY. That's 25% off, up to a $10 value and zero delivery fees in your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the app store and enter the code kinda funny. Don't forget that's code kinda funny for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. I don't care how soft or firm your mattress topper is. I don't even care how heavy your blanket is. There's only one thing you need to get a good night's sleep and that's a good mattress. Get the only thing you truly need for a great night's sleep a purple mattress. Only purple mattresses have the gel flex grid. It's a super stretchy, ultra squishy material that adapts and flexes around pressure points and doesn't retain heat. 
It's amazingly supportive and cushioning in all the right places, no matter how you sleep. How do I know so much about it? Well, of course, you've known for years Joey's used a purple mattress. You know Tim uses the purple pillow. And now, the future class of video games, blessing Eddie Oye Jr. is sleeping on a purple mattress. And he tells me all the time it keeps him cool, comfortable, and gives him a great night's sleep. Getting a great night's sleep starts with having a great mattress. Get a purple mattress. Go to purple.com slash kindoffunny and use the code kindoffunny. For a limited time, you can get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash kindoffunny. Code kindoffunny for 10% off your order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash kindoffunny. Promo code kindoffunny. Terms apply. Now that we're back. Go for it. They chase this uh, seemingly human person down into this uh, this old abandoned, uh, very cool looking, uh, I guess, ski lodge hotel thing. And they trap him into the fireplace. But it's not a human at all. It's an ape. Bad ape, to be exact. Played by I do Steve love Zahn. the shot of them when they all have their guns drawn and cocked. Mm-hmm. And it's just focusing on them. I'm like, oh, this is going to be so dope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's my maybe my favorite shot of the movie uh he of course is just amazing he gives him a little girls uh, he, he uh slowly takes off his jacket and he gives it to the little girl because she's cold uh he's been there for a very very long time and he's from the zoo which is where he gets a lot of his personality from all the other apes are dead from the zoo uh, after the simian flu caused the war uh but he ran and i love i also I just, love he I doesn't he know just, sign yeah he speaks yeah yeah he speaks actually probably better than everyone else. And it's Dude, actually kind of nice. I, I did not see this coming. Again, this franchise continues to just surprise me with shit. But, like, I did not expect it to be an ape. Like, out of all things, I don't know why I didn't. Same. But when he came out, I was like, wow, Forgot. what a cool call. And, like, to make <laughs> him so different. So uh, a fun thing I was reading is Matt Reeves said that introducing Bad Ape was meant to start widening the fictional world for future sequels by establishing that other apes across the world beyond Caesar's little colony mm-hmm. were mentally uplifted by the simian flu. He added, Bad Ape is really critical to the story but he's actually a seed this planet that sort of says that there's a widening up of the world it's not just caesar's apes there are other apes elsewhere and those apes haven't had the benefit of caesar's leadership and so who knows what they're like and they certainly wouldn't necessarily have the same level of empathy and integrity that he's tried to instill in his family of apes so future conflicts might not just be human and ape uh but i just i really really love like i forgot who said it earlier but like the the, the comic relief we get from this character but it's still it never goes overboard like it feels grounded yep. in this universe still and like Again, the way that they animate his face, like there's the shot later with Maurice when they're down in the tunnels, and like Maurice kind of like yells at him, and he just goes like, <laughs> and like yeah. it's just such a funny face for this dude, man. And I'm telling you, giving like, him his little vest and his beanie, yeah. like, oh, he's a, he's a fucking dude. <laughs> like, I think I think the thing dude. that I really love about Bad Ape is like it is a comedy relief character, but unlike most comedy relief characters, Bad Ape is very competent at doing things as well. Like he's always like, I don't know if I should be doing this. I don't want to do this, mm-hmm. but then we'll he's do the bumbling. thing. And he's very yeah. It's not like a, co- a comic relief is like, oh here we go. He's like. Uh, fallen over again while Slip he was trying to get him to do it. He slipped on a banana peel. Oh, he's picking his nose. Right. But like, but, Bad Ape is doing shit. I wouldn't have been mad if he would have slipped on a banana peel, though. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> take that. You're dangerous. But I will say, like, I think one of the, I think the reason why it works for me is because while he is the comedy relief, a comic relief, there's on that's like the that's on the surface right underneath that is a, is, is a deep sadness. I mean, and it's a lot of the time, Bad Ape and like him just like owning that. That alone, I was just like, "Oh man, Matt Reeves, y'all motherfuckers!" It's really sad. You did it. You did right? it. Like you can tell he's been. I mean, when he's and when he starts giving keys, he never really tells the full uh, his full backstory. But when we get to this next part where he gives him the rations from the California border quarantine facility, it's a it's dark. 
this this story and everything he's been through and all the all the like the apes that got killed because the humans killed them and blamed them and he ran. That's it's just all like these little hints that Steve Zahn gives and the way he says it, like he yeah. drifts off. And, and when, he, when he's remembering it, it's really sad. And the language, his language being mostly formed of words you can imagine, like scientists or other, like, you know, zookeepers Yell yelling at him yeah. to be like that thing. Like, I think that's such a genius way of creating a character. And obviously, like, you can see he's also tried to evolve his language a bit more, but it's still fundamentally based on stuff shouted at him by humans. Yeah, it's 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 dark. Um, of course, he talks to us a little bit about the California border quarantine facility, or as he calls it, the human zoo. That's where soldiers took all the sick humans and then eventually killed them and he never wants to go back bad ape gives a little girl some badge from a uh, some badging from a chevy nova and that's where she gets her name from she'll eventually be called nova um bad ape asks about caesar's nova family is, is a reference to the first movie uh there's a mute woman in that one as well named nova yeah Oh. She joins the Nova Corps later as well. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Bad Ape acts about Caesar's family and then tells him that he had a child once too. Maybe he's at the human zoo with the soldiers. Maybe Caesar can find him. And then maybe, and then Caesar says, maybe. And he goes, then maybe I take you. And off we go. Uh, Nova marvels at some of the cherry blossoms outside. So Luca picks one flower and puts it in her ear. Very endearing moment. Bad Ape comes out wearing a vest and beanie and gives the thumbs up. And I fucking love this part. He just goes, it's so cute. and as a man that wears beanies good Uh, that's a good look yeah i thought of you immediately like like, like, it didn't even like oh before he even had his thumb up on his boat shows (laughs) (laughs) what's funny is like you know as you get old tim you shrink and i'm turning into my dad my dad is smaller than me and when he wears vests he looks like that i'm like I got three, four more years to put a beanie and a vest on me, and that's what I'm gonna look like. Thumbs up, uh, walking around. Also, he was kind of like he's kind of like all the rest of the apes are like naturally hairy, and he looks like he's like losing his hair. So I'm like, yeah, oh, this, is really, this is really hitting the, the spot for me. Uh, Maurice signs to Caesar that Nova is thirsty, and she mimics his movement and starts learning sign language. And Caesar gives her his cantina. Uh, they're ambushed by some soldiers, and Luca takes a bayonet to the gut as he saves Caesar. As he lays down in the snow, oh. dying, he sighs to oh Caesar. Sighs, At least this time, I was able to protect you. Oh. And Nova begins to cry. She takes the flower from her ear and places it behind him. When his, she starts crying, and it like it frames Caesar looking at her, and she's looking at uh, uh, the dying. I'm about to cry right now, dude. I was like, I just, I just like, because I was. I was sitting in my living room on the floor building this brand new secret lab chair that I got like upside down, like screwing something in. I turned to look and like just started crying. Just started crying. My my new cat is sitting in front of me like, what the fuck is going on with this man? <laughs> like He's building this rattly thing. I'm just trying to enjoy this box. I was like straight up bawling and I couldn't. And I was like laughing at the same time because I was like, I've seen this before. And like, I've I've seen this movie like a few times. And I was like, I should not be crying to this level, but like it just shows you how well it's done in that moment. It's incredible. It, it was For beautiful, me, it was man. Like Two thirty in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this goes back to what I was saying about the pacing of this. Like, I think they did. They made such wise calls of grouping people and like where we're at right here. Like to to start thinning out this herd and having it be Luca that dies, especially right after we get his wife and kid dying. I thought was just a, a great call because it. it kept the stakes high but it, it made me still worry about maurice the whole time it made me still yes. worry about caesar and, and start to worry about this little girl now where i'm like they they'll go there and they're letting us know that they'll go there here but like oh they and, it, they really and it's such play. a moment that didn't really have a whole lot of significance too i think that's what adds to that tension tim is like 
This wasn't some giant war moment. This was just two soldiers kind of yep. like catching them off guard and like bam, 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 it's all over and you think it's over and nope, fucking bayonet like, oh, damn it, dude. It wasn't even like a big conflict. That sucks, man. It was really, really heartbreaking for Luca. Uh, Maurice wants all this to stop, but Rocket insists that they continue because Luca gave their life for his or his life for them. Uh, Caesar agrees they must pay, but he wants to finish this alone. So he continues on by himself and approaches the fort where he finds his Dude, fellow apes strung up turns, on crosses. He cocks the gun and just starts walking in what felt like slow-mo. There's epic music playing, mm. and I had to stop and just be like, I remember when he was just homies with James Franco. Like, how did we get here, man? This is awesome. There's, there's moments where they show, like, Caesar's face, and you can see, like, the aging done to him, like, and the, the hair gray. growth oh and the graying. And, like, every time I see it, I'm like, wow, we have really been on a journey with this this little dude. And it's amazing. I remember when you were just bounding around a, a roof room. Well, that's the thing is, it's like been like 12 years uh, throughout this whole thing. And like to imagine that this group of apes have been together 12 years, like really, like we believe that because they tell us Uh, it, but then we see them together and you're like, yeah, y'all are family. It is. It's truly crazy how a pandemic can change people. How long did you mean to say attic? What did I say? Roof room. Roof room. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Why are you you laughing? In England, we call them roof rooms. Really? No way. Yes. I've roof never rooms? heard that before. Yeah, roof rooms. Yeah, That's the most know, English you, shit of all time. Yeah, you guys hit, you guys hit the turn of the century and just stopped there, huh? We don't want to. <laughs> I would like an apology for the mockery. No, absolutely <laughs> not. I absolutely want at not. least one apology. Come on. Roof room. You made me feel real bad there. I felt like really Wow. Bad. <laughs> oh guys, God. I just Googled it. It is, and it looks exactly like. Roof uh, room. Like what is that a real from- thing? You Googled it and it was, I made that show up, Nick. Like, we absolutely don't call them roof rooms. We call them addicts. Look, man, I, t- I literally typed in I, roof room and it's addicts. It's spaces that people have converted into rooms and they're addicts. I, I, for, for, the, for the sake of clarity, I was trying to cover for the fact that I said roof room. We <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, now I don't. No, Nick, who's I think stupid, Google's and I still think best. it's me. I, yeah, I googled it, and there are definitely roof rooms on Google. So fair play. <laughs> Google's doing its best to be like, oh, a roof and a room—that's an attic, yeah. probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 What were you oh, saying, Joyce? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, I don't remember. Okay, my bad. All right, I just heard roof room. And I had oh, to call it. <laughs> how long? What is like an ape lifespan? How long? I've had this they... question too, question. Joe. I think it's around like forty or fifty. Ape longer lifespan. than I would have expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, bonobos are 40 years, orangutans oh, 35 oh. to 45, longest living ape, uh, was 65 years old. Is that human years or monkey years? <laughs> All human. <laughs> <laughs> Mammalian years. <laughs> um, Caesar comes across a bunch of his uh, fellow apes strung up on crosses down below. He this is the part where I had to stop it because I was like, this is brutal. And I was not prepared to see that. I don't know why. This is a movie about this, like, really intense war. But something about the imagery of them being strung up as, like, a warning uh, slash punishment was just... Or, like, at least for the group of people with Caesar coming and being like, this is what we have ahead of us. This is what the these people are doing. Like, just hit me really, really hard. And I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I didn't expect the movie to, like, be this much about war in the way that is in like action movie war like it was like fucking like dealing with like real shit when we started seeing the whipping and stuff i was like damn like i am very 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 uncomfortable watching this and i didn't expect that from this movie 
uh, down below, of course, sees the rest of his herd uh, in in uh, outdoor cages. Uh, one of the crucified apes is still alive. Caesar asks him what happened. They attacked us and the colonel, but the colonel stopped them from killing all the apes so they can use them as slave labor. Before Caesar can ask about his other son, he's ambushed and knocked out. Preacher in red hold him at arrow point while the colonel finally starts monologuing about past leaders who have squared off throughout the ages. Grant and Lee, Custard and Sitting Bull, and now the colonel and Caesar. He asks why Caesar came there, and Caesar told him he was he was told more soldiers were coming from the north to meet him here and finish off the apes, so he wanted to cut him off the pass. And the colonel's like, hmm, who told you that? Caesar spots Cornelius on his way to the cages. He's thrown in and chained to the other apes. Uh, Preacher is given the key, and you're like, is Preacher going to be a cool guy? I bet he will be by the end. If I put, if I, this guy's maybe coming around. No. His people shun him at first and like tells them, this is like, she's like, you're going to have to forgive him. They've been through a lot. Cornelius calls to his father and it's heartbreaking. Mm. Uh, the next morning, the troops march in rank and file to be addressed by the colonel and start their day who stands before them shirtless, shaving his head. And they, as they scream out, we are the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. They pull all the, of course, that's thematic of, the movie in general, right? And when we learn what these soldiers are, they are in fact going to be the Alpha and the Omega at the beginning and the end. They pull the apes out of their cages so they can report for labor duty while the Star Spangled Banner plays. Lake tells them that they're starving. It was supposed to be the Jimi Hendrix version, but they couldn't get the rights. Interesting. Mm. Uh, Lake tells him that, his, that all the apes are starving, uh, and he goes, why do they need a wall? And she doesn't know. Caesar sees more fortifications like missile turrets and realizes something's up. The scene is interrupted when two... Uh, Apes have an accident and fall through the floors. Boyle orders one of the donkeys to whip the old apes. That yelled poor orangutan was so, like, malnourished looking. Ah, it just mm. felt so terrible. Uh, Caesar yells, then leave him alone. All the other apes throw down their rocks and rally behind him. You're like, yeah, they're going to uprise. Then they bring Caesar and the, uh, the old orangutan before the colonel, and they whip the hell out of Caesar. And they're like, well... Mm. Uh, Caesar wants food and water, but the colonel refuses. Instead, he shoots the old orangutan in the head. He puts the gun to Caesar's head and starts counting, and Lake lifts the first rock to stop them and get back to work. Fucking brutal, dude. Yeah, Yeah. it's important to point out, like, Caesar does not react to being whipped. Like, just takes it, just tanks that shit. And people are like, hmm, he still got it. He still still got it, it, this guy. We're going to make it strong together. (laughs) That's our leader. Yeah. Uh, the colonel orders Red to string Caesar up while Maurice and Rocket watch from the mountains. Bad Ape uses binoculars backward and then goes, oh, no, why so small? And then Maurice <laughs> is like, you fucking idiot, and turns him around on him. He's like, oh. <laughs> uh, Caesar shames Red for siding with the colonel, and he's brought before McCullough to negotiate. He says, what makes you think you're in a position to make demands? And Caesar says, the soldiers who came here are not coming to join you, are they? Uh, I saw a man on the wall preparing for battle. And a this is a, it's a great cool moment. moment. Great moment because it's like, damn, you're you are smart. Like I, mm. I I put that past you, but you figured it out. And he goes, every no, couple of lines, yeah. Woody Harrelson's like, God damn, you're smart. Like <laughs> yeah. it's so fucking awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. Says, the, it, it's not this scene, but uh, the later the scene where he has Caesar in the cage. There's a deleted scene that is him talking about Malcolm from the last movie. Um, and he was like, oh, you know what? Like there was a, a human I, I, that I met in the city when I got there and he mentioned you like, he's how I really first kind of knew you can actually watch the scene on YouTube. Mm. Um, mm. and he's talking to Caesar and he's like, like, that's how I knew like of you and all this stuff. And he was, this human believed in you and he believed in that you, you meant good and stuff. So I killed him. Oh, <laughs> damn. Like, damn. Oh, wait, m- m- not the, the main good guy. guy Colonel killed the main guy from the last one. Yeah. yeah. Ah. The one, yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah, which is which is interesting. And also, there's the graffiti during this monologue of the mm-hmm. in the room that Caesar looks at. This just history, history, history. It's like history yeah. repeats itself. It's like okay, mm-hmm. that's a little. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's also the kind of thing like a like a knobhead like him would put up. Like, yeah, that is the kind of thing that you expect from. I that mean, kind starting of off his monologue, naming past like generals, like he, this yeah. guy is like. Yeah. This guy this man's very this highly man's, stuff. Yeah, this man's been through a few YouTube rabbit holes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, also important that like he sees himself, he sees himself as one of these generals making his last stand. And that plays very much into the fact that he's just like, this is where he is mentally. He's, he's too far gone. He's he's committed to being this man of history who's going to die for this cause. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when asked why, he's like, I showed you mercy and you killed my family. He says, you're stronger than us and you're smart as hell. No matter what you say, you'd replace us. That's the nature of things. So he knows. He's like, I know what's going to happen, basically. We're just... We're just trying to, you know, ride this out and 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 have this last ditch hail mary effort. Uh, McCullough tells Caesar that his uh, his song once his son once a soldier stopped speaking, the virus uh, that almost wiped out all of the humans has made them mute. It spreads. It will if it spreads, it'll destroy humanity for good by robbing them of all things that make them human: their speech and their higher thinking. They turn into beasts. In a moment of clarity, the colonel sacrificed his son so that the rest of humanity could live. Uh, he killed everyone infected who refused to help purge or, or everyone infected and or anyone who helped uh, tried to help the purge um, or hold, excuse me, stop him from purging people. The rest of the humans have rallied against him and are coming to uh, his weapons depot to kill him. He says, if we lose, it'll be our, the last of our kind. It will be a, uh, a planet of the apes. They said it. They did it, guys. Did Woo! It. <laughs> and, and I he, didn't like this. I didn't says, like this at all. He says it will be a planet of the apes, and we will become your cattle. And then Caesar's like, hmm, that's not a bad idea. Uh, bad ape accidentally falls <laughs> into an abandoned mine shaft, which is their way into camp. I'll be honest with you guys. This uh, the floor of this camp is a death trap. I'm surprised <laughs> yeah. at this point that yeah. no is one's fallen through all these. Things. These only yeah, these soldiers. Trained and never to look down, like yeah. not one time. Like <laughs> they're like, down. we look, we we can't, we can look straight up, but we never look down. The, the <laughs> soil is like yeah. four inches thick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're walking on. Uh, Caesar watches as the colonel eventually gives in and feeds his people. Uh, Lake tells him he saved their lives. Then Red dumps some water on his face, and he's like, Dude. "Oh yeah, you're still dicks." It's so fucked up because it's like they 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 give him the food. I'm like, okay, that's good. And they go up to him. I'm like, I know they're gonna fuck with him somehow, but I didn't expect for them to pour the water in these. Like, he's tied up and it's freezing. So the next scene we see him and his whole face is like freezing, Icicled like icing. Over. I'm like, damn, yeah. like that is fucked. Even more fucked up than I could have imagined. You ever had? You ever had? You have? You, have you ever had frost settle on your beards? Mm-hmm. That shit is. Twice. When we we're in Boston, that, never forget. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the beard's for, so it can't get through to your, to your skin on that, your face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, sh- that uh, shit is not lit. No, it's not lit at all. <laughs> the opposite. Fred. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my that God. Was, that joke aged you about 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Please, someone clip that out. The there world needs to see that. There was Nick such a pause. <laughs> Such a moment of silence in between that. <laughs> the moment Andy, just in case you're wondering, was it's gonna come out. Should it should it come out? 
It wasn't that I was trying to decide on a better word. It was that Frit was there. There was nothing else that was going to come out. Then it was like, do you really want this? Do you really want this smoke? You want this so smoke? Pre- pre- so preoccupied with whatever he can. He stop to think of whatever he should. <laughs> there's the, sm- there's the, exactly. the devil and the other devil. It's like, fucking say Frit, dude. Say and, the other, and the other one's like, yeah, say Frit, dude. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, moving right along. Rocket and Maurice head into the camp while Bad amazing. Ape and Nova hang back. Nova decides to just walk straight in. Uh, Caesar has another vision of Koba while drinking, uh, while uh, blood trickling down his head. He says, "Sleep. He cannot save them. Apes all die here." But it's really red here to cut him down. McCloud ordered him back. A place back on de- work detail in the morning if, of course, he lives through the night. Nova walks straight into the camp. She gives Caesar her doll, a drink of water, and something to eat while the other apes watch in uh, and, and rally, start rallying behind him. The scene goes on for a long time. There's, like, a lot of back and forth, and it's like, okay, he's getting his strength back. Um, uh, he, Caesar gets his uh, renewed resolve. Uh, soldiers approach, and Nova hides, uh, but she's going to be found out before long, so Rocket knows what has to be done. He wanders into the camp and howls and is quickly taken captive. Uh, Red At this point, to- I'm like, Rocket, that was the plan, bro? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Because he's like, I got a plan. Fucking go on. I, I got this. I was like, oh, what's Rocket going to do? And he's just like, hey, I'm here. And you're like, oh, what? You want, your plan was to get captured and beat the shit out of God damn it, Rocket. Uh, he gets his ribs cracked for his effort. Red throws him in and just cracks his ribs. And then McCullough orders him locked up and tells the men to sweep the area. Rocket takes a beating and then looks up at Caesar and smiles. Gives him a little, like, wink and a smile. And he goes, and the, the signs to him is feeling better? Good. Now we can talk about escape. And Apes that's why it was all together. worth it. <laughs> that's <laughs> why it was all worth it, yeah. dude. Like, because at that point, I'm like, Rocket, like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? You got your ass beat. Now, you got, now you're down a person. And for him to be like... Hell yeah, I'm ready to go, dude. My face is all beat up. I'm, I feel like shit right now. But like apes yeah. are stronger together, man. That was, that was so idea. sick. Good moment. Uh, the next morning, the colonel discovers the doll left behind and Caesar is sent to the quarry alone. Rocket and he begin to coordinate with Maurice uh, and the outside team. And they start counting off the steps underneath from like the gate basically to the cages so they can figure out where to tunnel. Uh, Incredible. So cool. I love that. Like it, I was with Andy where it's like the plan kind of felt weird. But then once you get here, you're like, oh, this plan is awesome. And y'all are just so great. And I love you all together. Uh, a fun little fact about the the doll in the original movies. There was also a doll. Um, that was how the characters learned that humans used to be able to speak because in that in that version of the Planet of the Apes movies, like the humans can't talk at all, or at least the majority of them can't. And they learn it can talk because there's a doll that when you press it, it talks. Mm. Oh, so they and, knew, yeah, they knew the humans yeah. Could talk. So it's a little cool. reverse with this one because this doll didn't have a mouth or anything, so it was like even the doll was mute and supposed to represent something. I don't know. Very cool. Uh, I also this is the part of the movie where it starts to remind me of The Great Escape, which is like one of my favorite older movies. And I'm just like, hell yeah, you have this group of characters that are split up and they all have like these different roles and they're all just working together. And it was just like, oh, maybe it's a cool heist movie. That's a great. Yeah, that's a great reference. I think I was saying The Dirty Dozen, but that's a much better reference to what to what we're talking about stylistically. Uh, I wish they shot it like Ocean's Eleven. And while you're in there, I'm going to be down here. <laughs> it would have been like I would have supported it, Andy, but it'd been real weird by the end of this movie if they all were just standing watching a water f- thing and then they one by one just walk away as that song plays. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I okay. wanted the, the the snatch style Guy Ritchie cuts and like yeah. sweeps and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> it's going to be like fucking a uh, baddie putting on that the little beanie. Yeah. <laughs> two minutes, Caesar. You said two minutes, five minutes ago. 
two minutes, Caesar. Uh, <laughs> Caesar tells Red the colonel's war is madness. It won't save him any more than it will save Red. And he says, I saved myself. And then Caesar says, is there anything left of you to save? And Red's like, touche. Uh, Maurice and Good Bad Ape use Rocket Step Guide to help them break the ca- into the cages from underground. Nova wants to be an ape like Maurice. He tells her she's Nova. Uh, Bad Ape shows them the spot directly under the cage and Maurice tells him he has to climb up on his back and he is not all about that but after some <laughs> persuasion he reluctantly agrees and man again I wrote a note here has no one fallen through the fucking these, these <laughs> floors yet that uh, is some weak ass soil like yeah. the way that it's easily just broken through I'm like that's in what what it's quicksand Nick it is quicksand <laughs> it's terrifying for all we know the time period of this is the 80s and yeah. Quicksand is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, great scene here where BA, uh, Bad Ape pops his head up through the hole. Is what uh, I call I just abbreviated <laughs> BA here. Uh, Wait, do people call him that? I'm calling him that now. Uh, this was the scene that Tam was talking about originally where he pops Brit. his head down and then puts his hand up. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the long pauses where he's just like looking yeah. and the camera just like lingers on him, like his eyes yeah. just slightly moving around looking at the, all these apes. It's so good. Uh, and then Nova, one of them's like, "This is the guy I was telling you about." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nova alerts Maurice to a, a horrifying discovery: the tunnel wall is flooding and filling with water. Uh, now they have a decision to make: if they keep digging, they risk flooding the tunnels and ruining their chance to get to the children's uh, cage. Caesar tells them, "It's uh, it's now or never. More soldiers are coming. We have to get the children out above ground. We got to get a better plan." One of the apes throws shit at Boyle's neck, and uh, now you got to know, Andy. The thing about the scene that you guys don't realize is that once the shit hits the back of your neck, it is going all the way down your back. Yeah. There's no way to stop this warm goo from going down into your back oh, crack. It looks gonna so be it looks so liquidy and viscous. Ew, and it's stinky. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Boy, all like an idiot, enters the cage uh, to punish the apes responsible, and he gets some more poo on the side of his face for his efforts. Rocket holds another load in his hand, but before Boyle can zero in on him with his gun, a pair of hands pop up from the dirt below, and Maurice drags him down into the tunnel, uh, and then keys Hell pop yeah. up. Yeah, uh, Caesar and the Rocket. Keys and then like handing him the Whoop. gun. <laughs> it's really fun. Uh, Caesar and Rocket sneak through the camp to free the children. Caesar is reunited with Cornelius. Touching moment. They climb the wire strung above the base, the adult cage, and sneak all the children out to safety. With only Rocket and Caesar left, Caesar knows he can't leave without ending this once and for all with the Colonel. He tells Rocket Maurice was. Uh, he says. He tells Rocket that Maurice was right. I am like Koba. He could not escape his hate, and I still cannot escape mine. Uh, and then so incoming Rocket, he looks up at the room yeah. like, ah, it's so cool. <laughs> He's like, I gotta go kill this guy. An incoming Rocket, of course, uh, breaks up the scene and kicks off the impending attack as all the alarms sound. The final ba- battle for the planet has begun. Troops try to get to their colonel. They start knocking on his door, but he is not coming out, and they're trying to figure out what's going on, so they take their posts. Preacher notices the cage are empty as the opposing forces riot in hard on helicopters. Uh, Caesar makes it to the command post and finds the colonel's bloody flask and a picture of his son. He creeps around the corner and finds the colonel drunk as a skunk, so he thinks, but he's not drunk. Caesar levels the colonel's own handgun at him, but before he can pull the trigger, the colonel grasps for or gasps for words. He has begun to regress just like the others, and Caesar... Fuck yes! Andy from Kind of Funny. Do they bleed from the mouth? A little bit, yeah. I think it's like something with the vocal cords. Mm. I was oh, wondering, because like, I when those other people were bloody in their mouth, I thought they had just got the shit beat out of them, right? But so was, was he, and I was shot. like, wait, was he like hurting himself or like... I thought uh, it was from the nose coming yeah, down. The nose. We see Nova in the beginning when we first see her. Like, she has like blood coming like here. Oh, I never noticed yeah. that. Yeah, oh, so it, was, shit. it was the nose that mainly had it. 
Got the others it. did okay. get their ass whooped, so it was a little bit everywhere. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Because I was like, damn, I, did he did he get his ass whooped already by somebody else? That was like my initial thought. But I think kind of a cool sequence to see this is like where it got to. And I I, I don't know. I wasn't expecting to feel the same way about how I like, you know, because last time I feel like I watched it, I was like, ah, it's kind of a cheap way to go out. Like, I, I, I don't love the way that they're doing this to Woody Harrelson. I was hoping for a big, gigantic clash, but it felt... It felt right. I don't know what it was about it. It just felt really well done in this sequence. Well, what I liked about it is that I, I feel like I would have felt the same way you did had I watched the movie in theaters years after the last one. But watching this a week after the last one, I feel like I'm happy we didn't just get the big confrontation uh, at the end like we did with Koba last movie. Like yeah. the fact that this movie did yeah. something different, I think did something that was like surprising is why I enjoyed it so much. Because I, I didn't see it coming and I feel like it it adds up and it makes sense to to have it happen this way and to have Caesar not kill him, but then still leave the gun and let him kill himself. I thought was like, all right, cool. This kind of like solves all the, the potential plot issues with this. Yeah. Uh, I like the commentary on like the thing that humans get obsessed with are the things that end up taking them down kind of yeah. commentary. And the fact that Caesar was able to like, not like stay true to his morals and not concede yeah um, it's a whole like the, the thing that's going to kill mankind is mankind and so like having him have to kill himself is like proving them right like yeah you are your own worst enemy um mm -hmm. you should spend less time worrying about us and more time about yourselves uh as the war outside kicks off uh red watches as the man leveling their 50 caliber guns at the rest remaining of apes uh start mowing them down caesar sees a full tanker leaking gas and gets a great idea he grabs a bundle of grenades uh outside red watches as his fellow apes are slaughtered the human manning the gun calls for the grenade launcher red sees caesar in the yard about to throw a grenade but preacher shoots him with an arrow before he can pull the pin fucking preacher, preacher. god and damn, it. Like, damn it preacher. and then he levels again. his gun uh, his bow at caesar one more time and then erupts in a pile of blood and fire as red has uh emptied his rpg at uh and with very good uh aim i might add uh at preacher the human uh, then of course shoots red right in the head for betraying him uh caesar uses the opportunity to throw a grenade at the fuel tank and explodes the entire base uh, holy he, shit yeah, like you're saying this so quickly, but like every <laughs> single word you just said just got cooler and cooler and cooler. Like this man was exploded, like straight the fuck up right there, just boom, done. And it reveals who did it. Like it happened so quickly where like what I thought this scene was going to be and in a different movie, it would just be like, cool, Caesar has the grenades. He's sacrificing himself. He runs to the flammable thing. Boom, heroic music, slow-mo for a bit. Pretty much roll the credits, right? He sacrificed and saved them. No, there's still so much movie for this to, to give us, and I love that choice. Yeah, Red getting popped in the head. Like, uh, if I'm Red, like, sh fucking grenade launch yourselves, dude. Like, just right there on the ground, bam, you know, take out the dude who's about to... Go out on your own terms, Red. Um, but that was still a really cool sequence. Um, yeah, that explosion, just the way it sort of chain reacts through a lot of that area, really neat. Uh, Caesar, let's see, Caesar watches as the opposing forces move in and take the remaining apes captive. Uh, they cheer, or remaining humans captive, excuse me. They cheer as the ape prisoner, humans are brought out. One of the soldiers looks up and notices Caesar. And I love this shot, by the way, because if you guys notice, like, none of these humans, you can even see their faces. They're all just these faceless sort of, like, like specters or ghosts scary uh, dude. very very scary uh the one by one they all start looking over at caesar and they're about to chase him as the sound of an avalanche pops off behind them what's that sound 
to Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> yes. Dude, I the sound design of this movie, we haven't talked about it. Like from the waterfall scene and then this scene, it is just intense. And I love how the, just the sound alone gets across how tense and scary the scene is. Like it is so fucking crazy where I love that they put Caesar through so much shit here that we now get an avalanche of him just trying to fucking survive like monkeying around through all the different shit. It was it's very epic. What man, what clutch ass plays from Caesar? Like mm-hmm. hurt, <laughs> injured, he's got an arrow just like pierced into his lung. Like the moves that he was pulling off there at the end with the trees, so fucking cool. Uh, soon the rush of snow subsides caesar looks out onto the frozen landscape there are no signs of humans left but his herd has uh, survived and they cheer in relief they've all they're all okay uh they cross over the mountains and land in the desert they come across a lake with some uh, some woods nearby uh they've made it to where they want to settle in nova takes cornelius and bad ape down to the water to play while maurice and caesar hang back for a quiet moment Caesar holds his wound and Maurice grunts. It's worse than we thought, but Caesar stays his hand. He's like, it's too late. It's all, everything's good. Don't worry, Maurice. He says, you are all home now. Apes are strong. This is where it starts, people. Without me. <laughs> and Maurice sheds a tear for his friend. And he says, son will know his, who his father and Caesar and what Caesar did for us. Caesar looks out over his people and begins to cry. He closes his eyes, lays over, and dies. And that is War for the Planet of the Apes. Oh, man. my I, God. me again just talking about it. I wish it didn't go down that way, man. I wish, like, I wish we didn't have to see him go down. I wish we knew he was going to go down. I wish it was like, a, this is it for me. Like, well, your son will know what you did and what kind of person you are, what kind of ape you were. You were, and it's like emotional, crying in tears. Like, I could have just done with, like, a fade up with almost like an Inception top moment where, like, maybe you see him, like, I, I don't know. I just didn't want to see it happen, man, because it's like, yeah. It's such a bummer to see all the other apes start to react as the movie, as the camera's panning up and kind of the movie eventually ends. Because you're like, damn, you're just kind of ruining their trip too, man. <laughs> like, this whole thing is so sad. Uh, we got, now, now we've got this dead body to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> well, shout out to Caesar for surviving that whole goddamn horse ride over there. Holy shit. That's a long trek with to have that much damage. Like, God dang, dude. Just wanted to, just wanted to get there and watch them happy. Could have maybe, could have maybe just kind of sutured that a little bit somewhere along the way. Yeah, maybe just lived for the rest of your life. That yeah. would have been cool. Yeah, yeah. But he had to die. Andy, hit me with haiku and review. Seven syllables in the middle. You need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku in review. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your review in haiku form, just like Joe Mertens, who says the fam that we make. Kind Maurice, Lake and Rocket, Cornelius saved. Shout out to Cornelius. I love that little homie. Uh, <laughs> Chad Van says so much sadness here, but Caesar helps lead them to the great at Apescape. <laughs> I fucked that up, but y'all know. That's great. Yeah, that was that's good. Apescape great. was great. Apescape was good. And uh, the homie Pargot writes in with a, a longer one here saying, Trader Apes sell out. Family dead. Caesar shout. OG crew roll out. Kerna <laughs> is Woody. Bad Ape shares his cute hoodie. Apes caught. <laughs> no goody. <laughs> Caesar sees the dead. Can't get Koba out of head. Earns back leader cred. Babies <laughs> climb on rope. Through the hole is only hope. Ape escape. So dope. <laughs> Never felt too long. Caesar bigger 
King, then Kong. Apes together. Strong. That's Damn, yeah! Mario, you killed it, man. That was I, incredible. I mean, even man. that moment, even that group moment, like, ah, oh, so cool, man. Yeah. But at that yeah. point, if I'm the soldiers, I'm like, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't seem good for us. <laughs> uh, Andy, let's do Ragu Bagu. Do 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 ragu. Do 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 ragu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rag Guys Talk Bad Guys here for Planet of the Apes. So far on the list. God, I have too many freaking notes. Sorry. Ragu. Bagu. Kobo is one. One, we have Koba and Carver. Thank you. And Koba two, and we Carver. have Malfoy and Strikers. There you go. <laughs> Where do Both of the put... general strikers. <laughs> Where do we want to put Colonel McCullough? I would say I, number two. Yeah. Above yeah. Malfoy and Stryker. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. But under under Koba and Carver, just because they they were really, really good. All right, I'll give them that. Done. Uh Colonel. Weird Woody Harrelson fact that I learned this weekend that has nothing to do with this movie. His dad assassinated a federal judge and was oh. like a hitman and an organized crime figure. What? What? So random. That's Woody crazy. Harrelson's dad. Who would have thought? Huh. Not I. Oh damn. Yeah. That's like that's pretty traumatic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a traumatic upbringing. Holy <laughs> shit. Uh, now it's time to rank the Planet of the Apes movies. Currently, number one, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and number two, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I've never been this conflicted ever. Mm, I honestly could go either way, man. I'll kick this off. I think this is a good movie. I think it's really entertaining, but I think it goes flatly at number two for me. I think uh, Rise of the... No, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is the second one, right? Mm-hmm. I think that one just has a lot more intricacies to it, and I think I, I just enjoy the situation we find the characters in a lot more in that. We're, we're on the teetering of post-apocalyptic. This... War for the Planet of the Apes, very straightforward, doesn't have the nuance with the characters that, that I like. Um, and I think Woody Harrelson's character is great, but he, he kind of comes off as that one-dimensional bad guy. They try to give you a little bit of sympathy for him and his son, but really at the end of the day, he's just a one-note sort of maniacal madman. Um, and Caesar has to put up with that, which is entertaining, but I just don't think it reaches sort of the 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 intricacies and nuance of what where Gary Oldman was, for instance, and where we find uh, Malcolm as well. So I would put it at number two. I will go next. I would put it at number one. My biggest criticism of last week is that I didn't care much about the human characters in that. That movie solved that because the human uh, characters in this pretty non-existent. This focuses a lot more on the apes. um, And now this big struggle that they have found themselves in. Uh, I, I love this. I love seeing everything come full circle with Caesar and Maurice and like the whole group. Uh, and I would put this in number one. Interesting. This is tough because <laughs> uh, I, I thought no, I thought I thought Nova's character was so strong this time around. Like not this time around, but just like having her there um, really helped kind of bolster the crew. And um, Caesar was fantastic. I feel like the movie. If the movie still had like Koba's arc in this movie somehow, it would be like the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> like, but um, I would put this at number two. Um, uh, I would put this at number two below Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, Rise? Dawn? But, uh, uh, below Dawn and above Rise. Below Dawn and above Rise at number two is where I would yeah. put this. 
Now, Tim, I'm, I'm going to go next so that you can be the decision maker here mm-hmm. because the, I'm thinking about it. And the way I see it is I see these movies, the, the last two, kind of like Fast Five and Fast Six, mm-hmm. where Five is a better movie. I think that Dawn is a better movie. But this one and Fast Six both give me everything I like the most about the franchise the most. So because of that, I'm going to go with War. The misty eye moments are fantastic in this. And I didn't really have that in part two. But I just think part two is much more solid throughout where there were moments with Woody Harrelson. I was like, you're a little cartoony right now. Mm -hmm. Sam, take us home. (laughs) I think I... Understand that whatever you picked him, part one is better and you hate part two. Or like, you know what I mean? Like rank one is the best oh, okay. thing and rank two is a total shit. Right? People are going to okay. give you shit equally yeah. for no matter what you pick. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think surprising myself, I think this might be my favorite one. Oh, wow. shit. I, yeah, I, I would not have said that. But watching it this time again, like I... I really get everything has been said about it especially like the nick's breakdown of it is like perfect i think but like the even recognizing some of that stuff knowing that it's not as nuanced and perhaps not like as multi-layered the moments the misty-eyed moments that um andy talked about they really hit hard and it's like i feel like once you go on the entire journey the emotional baggage that you bring to this movie is (laughs) emotional damage (laughs) this movie does is in it's unbelievable like that moment where you see um like uh nova and um caesar interacting for the first time not first time but like when she brings him water and then brings him food like that journey where you see him kind of looking at this human and being like he's got someone again that he can trust and the things that he's been through and this is a human that wants to do good for him like if it's really powerful and then when you see nova kind of mourning the loss um of was it luca Luca. um and like when when she's crying like that's it's not like the ape sadness at losing their friends and they're and they're like um their brother in 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 battle like that was really overwhelming it's seeing this young innocent human like break down that really made me break down at the same time i was like wow it's it's such a powerful powerful moment and there's so many of those like they you you're have so the, right though that the shot with like wow that's happening you mentioned it earlier but caesar yeah. looking at in the her back, reacting looking to at it her was yeah. another that, layer of like man this is good yeah yeah <laughs> and then good. like similarly there's like charged emotions for other things like you really hate woody harrelson's character at times like the things yeah. that he's doing and putting him through like there's very few villains that i can remember like that i'm like oh, i just want to see you get torn limb from limb and obviously like there's imagery that they use to evoke that which is deeply like um like uh evocative for us like the shaving of the head moment and the kind of what that refers to and his whole like uh ideology is like it's so it's it's easy it's it's like low-hanging fruit but it works so well within the context of the movie um and then like the whole dialogue talking to caesar where he's like look i'm sorry i killed your son but yeah if it would have prevented you know him like becoming your thing like i'm glad i did it like oh man that's the thing like 
he could have said I would do it again and again to really high to really hit home the fact that he was doing it from humanity but he's a he's an asshole so he said I'm glad I did I like he he shows that he's got personal like um satisfaction out of doing it and that's where you separate this character from being like I can understand the perspective to know this is straight up a bad person yeah. and like it really worked for me um so that's why I think this one might be my favorite I think it is my favorite now so there we go. The rankings are number one, War 4, The Planet of the Apes. Number two, Dawn of The Planet of the Apes. Number three, Rise of The Planet of the Apes. I am so happy we did this franchise. If there's any other franchises out there that y'all like, Tim, you're missing out on this, please let me know. Because <laughs> we're out here watching a bunch Shrek. of fucking garbage. <laughs> Very excited next week for Matt Reeves doing Batman. How good is that going to be? I hope as good as these. Uh, Tam, thank you for joining us for your first I'm, in review. I'm sure it will not be your last. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see Matt Reeves randomly introduce Gorilla Grodd into the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. uh, but thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. And let me know when you want to do Demolition Man in review. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. I love you all. Goodbye.